Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Current Blue Podcast. My name is Dan Ronson. I'm joined by James Rushton as ever. James, how are you, mate? All good, thank you. Uh, looking forward to Villa football, not England football yeah. anymore. Sick of the Euros, mate. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Get back to Villa. We'll be back in pre-season action this time next week. Warsaw away. Yeah, all folks back on Villa now, pre-season, the new kit, etc., etc. Um, today we're going to talk about the, the squad and look at the depth that we've got. We're going to do a classic YouTube thing. We're going to do a tier list. Uh, so we're going to go through and do keep, sell, loan, start an 11 and build out our kind of best team out of the squad that we've got as it stands today on the 14th of July, 2021. But we've also got a fan survey for, I think it's 10 players. Um, yeah. We've got 5,000 fans voting on their opinion. So you're going to discuss those as we go on. Yeah, um, we had a lot of votes on this, actually. So it's pretty meaningful. I think when you have like 500 votes, it's a bit hard. Hard to dissect the results, but we've had quite a lot of votes on it. And it's, uh, you know, it's not the main, but it's not your Jack Grealish and that and your Ollie Watkins. We're debating the squad players and whether they should, you know, be kept at Villa or sold. Yeah. Um, the tier list we've got is keep, sell, loan. So in the survey, we've only got keep or sell. So I guess if a player's majority sell, we'll debate if it's like yeah. loan or sell in that, okay. in that instance. Yeah, wicked. Shall we crack on with the uh, the tier list? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. The first up is Louis Barry. Um, and we're going to go back and forth our personal opinions and then if any of these are on there, our, our little fan survey will chuck that in as well Louis Barry for me I think you probably keep him around and he plays another season of under 23 football I think and with the chance of getting in the first team if and when we need him how it follows kind of the AVFC history of of these young players is usually it's like Jacob Ramsey. It's like you you're, you're around in that in that under twenty three team. Mm. Then a loan's assessed in like January, and then they usually smash it on loan the next season. And not usually, but you know that's happened with Ramsey. Go and do well on loan, then get into the squad kind of the next season. So I think that's the most likely. Is he'll start off as an academy player, then yeah. in January alone will be assessed. I mean, it would be brilliant if like he's got a full season loan, but. I don't think it's likely for someone that Villa want to kind of keep around and uh, keep a very close eye on because they're really excited about him. New contract as well, so squad yeah. player. We'll move him into squad player. The Let's finish definition of squad player, by the way. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. think going to be on the bench. Yeah, basically, it's start 11 and everybody else is what yeah. squad, squad player is. Next up is another Youth Academy prospect. They are in alphabetical order, so it's Jaden, Fulagy and Bedice. I think that classes as B rather than P. Um, same situation with him, same as Lou Barry, straight into squad player, but essentially under 23s. No, because oh, I okay, think he, he missed out on the FA Youth Cup because of his age, so he's just a bit older than Louis Barry and kind of the stars you want to look, you know, the young stars you want to be keeping around. I think it's alone. Um, he's got a lot of potential. He's really exciting. He's not allowed, you know, he can't play the same amount of football as a Louis Barry. He can switch between, you know, the development team. So, yeah, lone. Um, but, you know, he was featuring in a, a cameo at the end for the first team. So, don't know if the room's there anymore with, you know, Buendia there. Um, we've mm-hmm. signed another one. We could potentially sign in more attacking players. So, yeah, lone. I want to see him, you know, go out there and play some uh, league football and see what happens at the end of the season because 
pretty sure he'll be a Villa player in the future. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Good stuff. The next one, as, as many can see, is still in a Norwich kit on our photos. Emi Buendia. This is an obvious one. He goes straight into the starting eleven, doesn't he? Yeah, don't, not even a question. Don't move on. <laughs> Tell you what, though, I'm very much excited to see Emmy Buendia after seeing his little cameo in the, the Villa video yesterday of his like, <laughs> tour around Bodymore Heath. He seems like a lovely guy. I just, I'm, I'm like, crying out for him to succeed. Yeah, it's, it's that he's a lovely guy as well, but it's just the pure excitement of a player. We know how, we've yeah. seen how good he's been. Like He leads the you know the, the other 14 stats charge all the time when he was in the, in the Premier League with Norwich. So it's like... It still feels like a weird coup for Villa, yeah. you know that like, they've got him. So it, it's it's straight, like it's something I still can't kind of, you know, right in my head. Arsenal going for him, and he seemed like destined for there. Now Villa have got him, and I guess that led to kind of the the Emil Smith Rowe confidence and all, all the discussions there. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see Brendan in a Villa shirt, and I'm really excited. You know what Villa have built seems to be Dean Smith's personality really injected into the club, and. You know, regardless of whether he stays or leaves or whatever in in the coming years, I hope that's something that can carry on. Like it seems like. Mm. They want to win, not like the dirty way, like the nice way. I mean, they can be dodgy on the pitch sometimes, can't they, Villa? They can throw in some, some right tackles on the pitch. But like, off the, behind the scenes, everyone seems lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to win the right way, which is amazing. Like, you know, it's something that's really something to be really positive about. Like the, the club that wants to be the best place for its players you know not just physically with a new training center but mentally as well so really yeah. good fourth player on this list is matty cash another one that goes straight up into that start 11 spot doesn't he and, and pushes on again this season yeah i don't see how you know gilbert or kane Kessler would overthrow him you know in that spot instantly so i think i think he's around mate well, this starting 11 tab at the top is pretty much going to be the best starting 11 that we saw last season. It's not going to be much mm-hmm. different apart from Buendia. Um, but you never know, there might be a couple of changes in there. I think the next one is Chuck Wameka. It's hard to see on the little photo on screen here, but I'm pretty sure that's yeah. who it is. And it would be C as well. So yeah, Chuck Wameka. Without like, analysing the youth prospects that much, he seems to be like the biggest one to come through next, I think. So what do you do with him? Do you keep him around or, or is it a championship or, or league one loan? So there's two players I think that will come up in this. Maybe Kessler might come up in it. I don't know yeah. if he's on our list. But these, yeah, to me, yeah. are the two strongest prospects immediately in the immediate sense. Uh, you know, who knows what will come at the end of the season, whether someone else will develop further than them. Um, but Chukwameka, you could make the argument that he could be a squad player because undeniably he had an impact in, in the games that he played in the game that he played against Tottenham when he came yeah. on, um, you know, made a chance, almost scored. That's impact for me. That's, you know, confidence. Um probably overconfident at a, a youth level because he just dominates that scene. So yeah, it's too easy for him, isn't it? It's it is really time to graduate. Whether that's alone or in the first team, don't know yet. Um but he really kind of toes a line between keeping around seeing how they develop and kicking on because you know, the Louis Barry situation is almost like he probably isn't going to get a bench spot or a starting spot anytime soon, whereas Chukwameka, that argument is there that he yeah. could be on the bench uh, unless Villa sign more midfielders. So I'm really torn because he could go out on Championship League One and smash it, you know, um, but he also could be playing first team for one get quite a lot of minutes. But I do, I think this one will be loan. They don't shy away that, you know, they're physical, they've got the right mentality and, you know, they've got the, the absolutely, they've got the technical ability. So, you know, either way, it can only be positive as long as they get that right loan move. If they go on loan and they, you know, they're suddenly not getting starts or anything, they need to be starting on loan. So I think, you know, as long as it's the right move, we'll see. Um, yeah. But absolutely, I think Chukwameka, 
I'm going to go for loan because I'd like to see him play 100% minutes next season. That's not going to happen at Villa. You know, next season he could be playing a lot more football in the first team. But either way, I think it's win-win because arguably he's going to get minutes. Uh, He isn't going to play 100% of the time for Aston Villa, but, you know, a loan move, he could potentially be playing 100% of the time in the championship. Seeing as these two are similar then and they're not in the same order, we'll talk about Kez now because we've pretty much analysed that they're they're with similar um, attributes in terms of their development. Wrong word for it, but we move. Um, What do you do with him? Because I suppose right back is a less... It's obviously, there's only one position he can play right back rather than a couple of options in midfield. But there's less right backs with only Cash and Gilbert there rather than the six or seven midfielders that we've got. So just Kester stay around and be be that one pushing Cash. Do you think? I, I think he can also play on like the left as well. So it's in, intriguing in that he could stay around and be that replacement almost for Neil Taylor because we haven't you know, signed another left back. At, well, we have got Ashley Young, but you know. He could play on the wing as well. It looks like he could be that option up and down, um, whereas Neil Taylor only filled kind of one spot. So I think Kane Kessler could could stick around, but it depends on... It's it's not that pre-season argument, mate. It depends on how he kind of kicks on in pre-season. But again, I think alone will be more beneficial. Um, I've, put, I've put him up in squad players. I feel like he's more likely than Chuckamaker to stick around just because there's less competition for places. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, there's only the, the depth at... These fullback positions is kind of it's only skin deep, isn't it? You know, you've got mm. Ashley Young. If something happens in the wing, he's going to move up there. Um, you know, Matt Target, of course, started most of the minutes last season um, for Aston Villa at left back. So I can't see I can't see him breaking breaking through there unless something happens. And you know, touch wood, it doesn't. But you know, he's got the ability to kick on. Believing him, yeah. Those those first like four that we've done there: Barry, Chuckmaker, um, Kessler. And for the gene Badice, it's going to be right nightmare trying to think of all these names. Um, they could all be pretty much interchangeable there. I think any of those four could go on loan and any of those four could stay. So not a great start to trying to nail down these positions <laughs> when we're not even sure on the first few. But it's difficult uh, with use prospects, isn't it? Yeah, they're in flux constantly. You know, Jacob Ramsey could have stayed and went on loan, you know, last season even. So it, it, they're, they're always up in the air because their future relies on the right decisions being made. And those are tricky decisions to make. You know, is it more beneficial to stick around, play you for football and hope for a first team chance? And that's, it, you know, the best case scenario for Chuck Mecca, who's arguably the best out of those four. You know, he isn't going to be guaranteed first team football at Aston Villa, whereas alone, the argument says that he could be playing a lot more football and develop at a quicker rate. And then you can see about a recall in January yeah. rather than the other way around. But look, we'll see in pre-season. Um, I'm sure they'll be getting minutes because a lot of Villa stars who were out for the Cup of America, Douglas Suiz is still out for the Olympics um, and the Euros, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll wait and see because there is a chance for them to impress immediately. Another one that's got a big chance to impress, and this is probably a make-or-break season for him in terms of his Villa career, Keenan Davis. This probably all depends on Wesley's fitness and, and whether another striker comes in. So we probably do with another category to say, ask us in three months' time. But <laughs> what do you think about Keenan Davis? I think it's got... I know the argument's there for a loan, um, but we're still not completely sure about Wesley. Who's the striker if Watkins goes down? He needs to be kept as a... In, if we're talking right now and what's happening right now, it's got to be a squad player. We can talk about loan if we sign another striker, if Wesley impresses in pre-season. But I think the argument is the same for the two players, to be honest. Um, it's got to be squad player because Villa don't have that first-team striker without Ollie Watkins. Yeah, agreed. I think this is this is a big season for Keenan Davis. If it's, if it's another season where he makes fleets and appearances and, and isn't really getting the minutes, 
it's not really good for him or Villa to stick around, is it? Because Villa can do better in terms of making a bigger signing. He could go and play minutes elsewhere. I think he, I think he's a very capable footballer if he was given ninety minutes week in yeah. week out. But in Villa's system and, and getting eight minutes here and there in a game when you're already losing, I don't think he's going to come on and change games. So, yeah, it's difficult for Keenan Davis, I think. He's one of the survey results as well, and it was 68% Sal. So, wow, okay. you know, I think if, if you're given that binary choice between keeper or Sal, Villa fans chose, well, like a good percentage of Villa fans chose um, Sal. Um, if you, I think if there's a loan option in there, that would have been the more, more likely option. But based on Villa's squad as it stands, this second, it's a keep because there's, you know, the only other strikers Wesley, and you, you probably need three strikers unless you're looking for Louis Barry to kind of step up. But I still think it might be just a little bit too early. I have faith in him, but if if the chance comes, but I think you'd we'd all feel a bit more comfortable with three senior strikers and a you yeah. know a new one. Then we can make some choices. Amaro Garzi up next. I don't think he goes into starting eleven. I think he's probably going to be a squad player. But if you'd ask me. I don't know, six months, eight months ago, I'd have said oh, he's not going to contribute much towards Villa. We need to improve massively in that department. But he ends the season with 10 goals and you think, oh, yeah, he's not that bad. Yeah, I think he really kicked on and impressed us all. Um, he only He's only improved in the Aston Villa shirt, which is really kind of mm. positive to see. He had a you know, decent first year. Everyone had a rocky first season in the Premier League. Um, he had a really difficult pre-season as well. I think he played against Burton and he looked really off it um, in the Carabao Cup. Didn't look that much better in kind of fleeting cameos, but when he got a starting spot, he absolutely smashed it and didn't look back. So you know, I'm really excited actually to see what the next season holds for him because I feel like he was unfairly left out of Holland's team for the, the Euros and he could have been an impact yeah. in that, that kind of gung-ho team. What the future brings for him at Aston Villa, I don't know. But, you know, if he carries on like last season, he can only improve. So, absolutely a squad player. Uh, really impressed with him. And 75% of our Villa fans in the vote think so as well. So, really positive. He's, he's kind of earned his spot at Villa. He's fought for it. We yeah. love to see that, you know. The next player on this list takes uh, requires no introduction. <laughs> Jack Grealish holding the holding the Aston Villa corner flag in that photo there. Straight into starting 11, isn't it? There's absolutely no, no way he's no, anywhere no. else. I think we need to recognise the place of this club in the hierarchy. <laughs> we, need to, we need to sell him because, you know, when Manchester City asks for a player, well, that's what you have to do. You have to sell. <laughs> so, unfortunately, mate, um, if you could drag him over to sell. <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. He's starting 11 and he's, you know, in my eyes, he's a starting 11 for the next season because there's no, he shouldn't be leaving, I don't think. So, stay. What do you make of all the, the links with him and Man City? I mean, Ash did a, a Facebook Live yesterday, I think it was, and he said, look, there'll be an offer for Grealish on the table with from Villa for a new contract. And whether he signs it or not, you know, is is yet to be seen at, at this point, I think. But then you see all these reports come through of oh, Man City want say, oh, eighty eight million is enough, ninety five million, one hundred and twenty million. He's got this buyout clause of sixty five million, and all these different reports with different figures. And you think, well, no one really knows what's going on here. Jack Grealish is on holiday now after getting to the Euro twenty twenty final. We all look at that and go, he's not really played much of a part from a Villa perspective for England. So. You know, is that in his thoughts? Thinking, well, if I go to Man City, yes, I'll, I might win the win the Premier League, uh, the Premier League title, and the Champions League, or whatever. But if I only play thirteen games out of forty-five available, is that worth it? Some will counter that with saying, "Well, playing for Pep and winning trophies, you don't you don't reject that at 25, 26 years old in your career. This chance might never come from again." 
my argument to that would be two or three seasons more with Villa, and I still still think he'd be good enough to go on and play for Man City and kind of end his career winning titles with them anyway. So I don't think it's the time for him to go. My gut instinct says that Villa will offer him a new contract because I think they'll do that every year now while he's here because he'll always be better than he was the year before and there'll always be interest. And I think he'll end up staying because I, I don't see why it has to be Man City this year. I think it could be next year. There's no reason to jump off the, the Villa train at the moment because we're headed in the seemingly right direction. Once Villa start showing signs that they're not making progress, then yeah, that's his decision to to go on and leave then. Um, but I think there's parallels with the Smith-Rowe thing, isn't there? You'd look at that and go, well, Villa probably aren't going to get him and he signs a new contract with with Arsenal. I think the same with Villa, with Grealish and Man City. Man City will want him, of course they will. The fans will want him. Villa would probably be quite happy with 100-odd million. It's, it's a great figure, isn't it? It's to go on and improve your team. But they'd much rather have Jack Grealish. And so I think... If you add all that together, that equals him staying, I think. Yeah, I think obviously Manchester City, you know, we know that you don't need to even read to know that they'd be interested and know that they would want him and Matt Troyan. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want him? <laughs> exactly. So I think, look, as a Villa fan, you have to kind of grin and bear it and not kind of consume things that will annoy you because. You know, you're only if you if you go looking for Jack Grealish's moving, you're only going to find stuff that says kind of Jack Grealish's moving. So, I think just chill out. We'll see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. We have no control over such things. Um, the only mm. person who does have control is Jack Grealish. No one can force his hand to write, you know, sign a, a, a deal with Man City. <laughs> you know, and Villa still have a lot of control over this deal. Whether there's, you know, there could be a release clause or not. Who you know, we've heard both arguments. We've heard both mm. sides that there is or isn't. So Villa got to do what they got to do. Put a contract at the table, and Jack Grealish is in the best place to make a decision. Look, he knows the workings of the club better than anyone. You know, he's been there the longest out of anyone in that first team. Um, you know, he's been there longer than the managers. He's been there longer than the owners. So he knows the club better than anyone. You know, probably anyone in in, in involved with Aston Villa. So I find it hard to kind of see how people would would kind of put their own decisions on him as, as fans because he knows the club better than we do you know yeah. he, he's involved with the inner workings of it and he's seen it progress so if there's something that he doesn't like and he sees it going in the wrong direction he could yeah move to man city but i don't see after they've met his goals how that would happen this summer because it's you know obviously more likely to happen next summer if there isn't that progression so i have to wait and see but even if we don't make european football i wouldn't go that's it jack Grealish is yeah. gone because we've done that every summer Every single season, Aston Villa fans have said, right, he's probably going there. And we lost the player final and he's going. And that was probably the most realistic scenario. Then the season after, oh, yeah, you know, how can we hold him as a, as a minor Premier League club? Then this season, oh, we didn't get European football, he's gone. And then next season, you know, we, we've been proven wrong, actually, by him every season. So have a little bit of faith and see what happens. Obviously, it'd be upsetting if he goes, but I don't think it's a realistic scenario right now. There's kind of this other argument that he's not played much at the Euros, so he has to go and play for a top four club now to kind of show his worth and, and get in that England starting eleven and, and be replaceable. He's in all the memes with Sancho moving to Man United and then he was in the starting eleven for the next game and everyone's going, oh, you have to go and play for a big club to get in there. But if you go to Man City and win the title, but you only play... Thirty percent of their minutes, or, or whatever figure it would be, off off the bench and coming and starting the odd game here and there. Does that get you in the England squad over playing thirty eight games with Villa and getting fourteen goals and twelve assists or something? Like, surely it's better to play a full season and get good numbers with Villa, and they finish tenth, 
than it is to do worse numbers and less minutes with Man City but win the title. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you move and you get involved more in the England squad. But I don't see kind of the, the, how the fit is now. How if he was to move this second, that he'll be starting the next game. Yeah, you know. Phil Foden plays for Man City, and he wasn't starting for England. Those creative attacking players just don't fit Gareth Southgate's lineup. And whether that's right or wrong is up to Gareth Southgate. And lots of fans will look at it and go, we weren't attacking enough. I mean, this is delving into analysis of the England final now. But if we're not attacking enough, it doesn't matter who's on the bench. If the manager doesn't want to play that kind of system, you don't have to play it. And we might not agree with that, but we've got to our first final in 55 years. So part of me feels like I can't, can't grumble with that. My instinct is just stick with Villa. I know that's biased because I'm a Villa fan, but stick with Villa, play a full season for the first time, I think, in his career. I don't think he's completed a full season without getting injured. Um, and absolutely smash it with Villa. You win both sides, don't you? You Personally, you get so good that you can't be dropped from the national side and you hopefully push Villa up into into European competition so that <clears throat> the following season you stay with Villa again and keep pushing up and achieve your goals with Villa. That's the perfect scenario and that's not unattainable is it really to get into that top six this season if you want Jack Grealish if Jack Grealish wants to be starting constantly for the England squad the best thing that can happen isn't a move to a different club it's literally like Steve McLaren being in charge or something like that because I just yeah, wouldn't just not make him <laughs> like it's yeah. like yeah and you know Southgate's got his plan whether it works or not I think he's still people are still kind of hotly debating it I don't know like <laughs> whatever but Grealish has kind of been a part of his plans not as much as people would want but it's like he has been involved, not to the extent that we would all want, but you look at a Jaden Sancho and you look at a Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish was trusted far more yeah. as a Villa player, which is, it's nice to see. And I don't see how a move unlocks it for him. The only thing, if you want Grealish to be a hundred times starter for England, no one really is outside of like four or five names in that squad. Like starts all of the time. He, you'd have to bring in like a Sam Allardyce who would just literally just put him on because he's Jack Grealish all the time. That that's it. Or an attack minding manager who would who would build oh, the yeah, side yeah. around him. If Dean Smith was England manager, Jack Grealish would start every game. It's just who who likes you as a, as a footballer, isn't yeah. it? Who plays a system that suits your style of play? That's the only reason he's not in there. It's not about what club you play for. I think I just, I just don't. I think that's an easy narrative to go for, but I don't think there's any really any stats that back up that. You play for a big club, you play for England. He picks the players who fit his ideals best and it was probably up for debate in his mind that Grealish even fit it at all. But I think he's found a way where Grealish fits in and hopefully, you know, because he'll likely be manager at the next World Cup, that he only continues to trust Grealish further because it mm. seems like that's the best thing for his football team because Grealish made the most chances, I think, per 90 at Euro 2020 and he played far fewer minutes than anyone right. else on that list so you know really positive stuff I don't think a club move suddenly changes his prospects at an international level now so quickly back to Villa and the rest of this tier list we've got about 20 players to go does he stay or does he go stay yeah same we move on the next player on the list I think is Freddie Gilbert no he's the I think he's a keep he's a, he's probably a likely sell um, not because not that I would put him there, but I feel like if an offer came in, Villa would just take it. Yeah, I think I think squad player um, Freddie Gilbert really impressed me actually, which is a shame. But Matty Cash kind of took it to another level. Um, so I think squad player. Um, but realistically, if an offer comes in, I likely sell for Villa. 
Yeah, but, I think that I think that's spot on. I think Cash is your main choice. Kess is your your backup option with Ashley Young, who can obviously play the right side as well. I think if no offers come in for Gilbert, he stays. If someone wants to take him on loan with a view to buy him somewhere in France, like he did last summer, he goes out again. And if the offers there, he goes with with our blessings. He seemed all right for a, a decent part of that first season, but as you said, Matty Cash is a, is another level, and he doesn't come in and displace him from that team. So. I'm going to put him in squad player for now because I wouldn't be against him staying, but um, I'd be perfectly happy if he ends up going somewhere else. I don't think it's a massive loss to Villa. Um, Courtney Hawes next, I think again, of, of similar ilk. He's probably going to be around that squad player if someone comes in and wants him and there's decent money to be made for Villa, they take it. But as it currently stands, he's third choice centre-back, isn't he, with, with Engels going. So at this point, he kind of has to be in that squad player list, doesn't he? With Courtney Hawes, there's always a lot of hype about you know, how many aerials he wins and how kind of dominant he can be as a defender. Um, but the, the sample size is really small and that's what we have to kind of consider with a player like Courtney Horse. He can do really good things defensively, but we've only seen a little bit of him, so it always looks like, the, you know, the stat is almost, per night, is so much bigger because he's played fewer minutes. Mm. Um, but with Ty- when, when Tyron Mings is doing well, you, you always see that. And I believe in Courtney Horse, but we saw when Mings came out of that squad, when causing causing consequence, suddenly the pair kind of almost regressed. Like the, it, it was a hard. It was only one game. They got better if they were playing together in a partnership. When they, you know, both called upon to kind of play together, it was uh, a tough defensive performance. It wasn't a kind of a vivid defense that we came accustomed to, and that is a, a big part and down to the leadership of Tyron Mings. But yeah, absolutely squad player because I feel like if there's an injury in a defense in a defense. And Courtney Horse is called in to be part of that defence and, and Tyro Minks is in there. Courtney Horse is such a better player. It's like Konza. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll be in and around it. I don't see him leaving. And I think Villa have to sign another centre-back, don't they? Unless they promote one from the youth academy. No, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's still a bit too far for probably a, a Mungo bridge to kind of get in. Mm. Um, Courtney Horse can cut it at a Premier League level. We know that it was a struggle for him in some games last season. Um, the Crystal Palace one. Um but look, he can do it, so trust in him. The next player on the list is Connor Harahan, and I think this is the first player that goes into our sale category for me. Yeah, uh, you know, it's Which is a shame in, in some ways. Yeah, I think definition of a squad player because you, you can make an impact. He scored Premier League goals last season. Take a free, you know, set piece like no other in the uh, Villa team, and we struggle to <laughs> take a kind of corner without him, to be honest. But he wants to play first team football and yeah, he's a fighter, so. With all you know, all the respect and you know, favour in the world, he goes on sale, and I hope he gets the move that he wants because he's given a lot to Villa, um, an absolute lot. And you know, we, we've kind of moved onto a level where he isn't fitted in anymore. And uh, maybe he believes he can make an impact, and I hope he gets a Premier League move. But you know, yeah, there's there's absolutely a chance that he can go to a, a kind of bottom six Premier League club and play every single minute for them and, and do well. I think he's a decent player. I think he's got he's obviously got his limitations like most footballers have, but what what he's good at, he's very good at. I'd I'd be alright with Harahan staying if it, it would I? No, I probably wouldn't actually. I think Villa's aspirations are bigger than kind of Harahan at this point, um, which is a shame. But but he did his job for us in a couple of seasons by getting us to the Premier yeah. League in the first place. So he'd go with with my blessing and wherever he ended up, I'd be always kind of looking out for when he bangs in another free kick for a team chasing for the top six in the Championship or whatever. So I think he goes into that self category, doesn't he? And, and you know, goes with our wishes, best wishes. Yeah, a lot of fantastic moments from Conor Harahan. He doesn't deserve to rock. 
you know, in the reserves, does he? He, he yeah. absolutely has to be playing, and he'd want to. So, you know, with all the blessing in the world, off you go, what, Connor. Enjoy. What it. Did the uh, the fan survey say about him? Eighty percent, like... yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's time so. for him. Time for him to go. But it's not a negative thing. He's done his job, and you know, fan favorite in my eyes. A lot of great moments have come from his foot. So, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. We move on to the next one, which is Esri Concern again. Another one that's absolutely straight up in that top tier starting eleven, no doubt about it. Yeah, when we bought him for like 12 million, and I know Arsenal were interested, so that's another you know, net win for Arsenal Villa <laughs> over the Gunners. <laughs> I didn't expect him to to develop as quickly as no, he did. No, I didn't. No, I thought it'd be Engels and Mings, and look, he's essentially sent Engels packing, hasn't it, to be fair? So fair play to him. Bjorn Engels wasn't a bad defender for Aston Villa. He's gone now, but we, so we could, it was barely worth talking about. It. But that's because Esri Kanza developed so quickly, knocked a starting member of the team out, and yeah. he never came back. And you know, arguably, the arguments there that he's the best defender at the club, and it's very hard to disagree with that. But when a character like Tyrone Mings isn't in the squad, there's a lot more pressure on Kanza to kind of lead, and he's probably not there yet, but he could be, which is really exciting. You know, if you've essentially got another Tyrone Mings, but probably a better defender. Um, you really can't argue with that, can you? Yeah, I think he's a scary talent, and I think he'd be worth a lot more than we pay for him now, probably three times more, if not more than that. And I'd be, oh, barring an injury, which God forbid happens, I'd be shocked if he wasn't in that World Cup squad for the 2022 with England. I'm going to tweak the order. <laughs> After saying these are in no particular order, I'm not now going to do Douglas Luiz next. I think you have to do that midfield section as a, as a section because... They all depend on one another. So we're going to skip out Douglas Luiz, go to Amy Martinez, Copper America winner, Leo Messi's best friend, straight into the starting eleven. Without a doubt, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League uh, and an absolute steal for Villa at 20 million. Yeah, oh, scary, scary mentality. Um, the stuff he said at, in the Copper America, I'm, I didn't know he had it in him. Um, terif- <laughs> terrifying player. Um, Celebrations were next level as well. Did you hear the penalty shooting going on? That's really cruel, Amy, but like, he, you know he's a wonderful Really lovely person. No, he's but a winner he, though, isn't he? he rattled Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. Like, because it, it feels like when someone's taking a penalty, you shouldn't be able to just rinse it there and rinse them. <laughs> but he was. He was just telling them how much how much he's a little boy and stuff, and you know, all, all sorts. That. So I've never seen a more effective example of it, you know. And he essentially, I know um Di Maria scored the winning goal, but I feel like without that semi-final and how poor Brazil were in, in the final how boring the match was he essentially won them the Copa yeah. America yeah. in my eyes so that, that penalty shootout was the winning moment without without that they, they go home so you know congratulations really really well deserved you've got a Copa America winner in the team and he, he he couldn't have he couldn't have been a more important player in that Argentine squad. So hopefully uh, the next one, World Cup, when Deer can be there with him as well. Uh, mm. Wouldn't want him winning it over England, <laughs> um, but if they were to, and Mart- you know, like, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? You know, Tyrone well, taking the so seventh penalty. Yeah. And <laughs> Imagine Emmy Martinez and Tyrone Mings squaring up for a fight. Who would win in a fight, Emmy Martinez or Tyrone Mings? No, I reckon Tyrone Mings knocks him straight out. No, yeah. For, yeah. Martinez yeah. is a lot. He's got the mentality. It's all talk, but Tyrone Mings could could take him easy. Yeah. We'll go on to Tyrone Mings next. Unless Villa go out and spend massive money on a centre back, he's the the starting partner for Ezio Conte, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you miss him when he's not there, and he look, he he had 
some terrible moments last season, but I think with the game he's asked to play and the game Villa has to play and the the responsibility he has, I don't think anyone has more tactical responsibility in the, the Villa team apart from Tyra Mings. You know, he stands alone as someone who takes and carries the whole squad when he needs to, you know. Mm. If someone's required to put their team on the back and it's not Jack Grealish, it's usually um, Tyra Mings. So defence improved last season. Inarguably, he's a massive part of that, as well as, well as Martinez, Conza, Cash and Target. So has to stay. And I hope that uh, a few people can get off his back, maybe, because we saw what it was like without him and it wasn't worth uh, watching, to be fair. And definitely not to make this podcast political, because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but his tweet no. the other night was sensational. And um, I just feel I wouldn't want anyone different representing Aston Villa. I think he's no. a, a great representative, a great human being. And... I just love, love the bloke. Yeah, he might, he might have his flaws. He might not be the, the world's best footballer. And he might make the odd mistake here and there leading to a goal that, that sees Aston Villa lose a game every so often. But I think he's a great footballer, even better human. And, and for that, he's, he's straight in that starting level for me. Unless, like I said, Villa go and spend 60 million on somebody. No. He's going to be starting for Villa next year, isn't he? Yeah, it's not just the fact that people said he shouldn't be starting for England and played pretty well in the first two group yeah. games. Very well. Um, it's the fact that he's calling out hypocrisy at the highest level, which is just, you know, you it was jaw-dropping kind of what he did, but that's Tyron Mings for you, isn't it? Someone who stands up, whether you agree with him or not, he, he's, I don't know how you could disagree with him, to be fair. He stands up for what he believes in, and mm. that is so important with stuff we've seen, at, you know, in you know, Plasma, we won't have a daily in Atkinson, essentially, which we, we I don't think we can go into on the podcast. But he stands for what he believes in, Dan, and... You know, he, he's a meaningful player to Aston Villa. So, absolutely starting the 11, um, God tier. Where do we want to go to next? Let's go with, uh, some of these are going to be obvious, so we'll get them out of the way. We'll go with Ashley Young next. He goes into squad player, doesn't he? He doesn't come in and display some many targets right away. No, I think... And obviously, it, you don't loan or sell a new song. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sell him. Cheers, Ashley. He just wants to get some revenge and sack him off the Norwich. <laughs> uh, he'd probably be a good player for Norwich if uh, Rashida. I have to fill a creative hole left by Brendia. Um, he, no, he, he's got every chance of kind of... The player that Ashley Young is and the mentality he has. I think Villa buy mentality first, which is uh, mentality and experience first. And character. Yeah. Um, not experience in the terms that, you know, they're suddenly buying 38-year-olds, but that if you've developed well at a young age and you, you've had that experience and you can kind of come in rather than being unproven. Mm. Um, Ashley Young, probably not starting left winger, but there is an argument to be made that if Matt Target isn't cutting it, and he probably will cut it because Matt Target's been very good last season, that he could be Villa's starting left back. He was, you know, involved in the 2018 World Cup squad. So, you know, recent memory, he's been involved at the highest level of the game, you know, last season into Milan as well. Shaking the year then. What year is it? 2021. <laughs> Um, so you know, every every chance that by the end of the season he could be a starting player for Aston Villa, um, that would probably involve even Matt Target falling off a cliff form wise or an injury occurring to Brendia or Grealish Touchwood doesn't happen. Mm. Um but yeah, it's the potential's there. They wouldn't have bought him just to knock around. So it's a challenge and uh progress. Um who else is quite obvious? Matt Target, we just talked about him there, so he's the left back straight into that starting eleven. We've got seven of yeah. eleven now sorted. This is probably where it starts getting interesting with the uh with the midfielders. Ollie Watkins also will stick him in there starting eleven. He uh, absolutely keeps his place yeah. and what's the what's the target for Watkins this season in terms of I don't know whether I mean, Strikers definitely won't publicly say about a goal target and whether they even have one or not is, is debatable. But if he is setting himself a target, 
what will he be happy with? Do you think this season? If he could challenge for twenty goals and uh, kind of, I know he had a few kind of ripped off him unfairly because of VAR last season. But if he can challenge for twenty goals and improve and progress on his tally last season, it'll be a massive achievement for him, I think. And obviously that will progress Villa. Um, his first season was so good, actually, that I find it hard to see how he could be any better. But he's got the right mentality, as I said, a Villa by that mentality, by that experience. Not only Watkins is going to be the uh, first team striker in Villa, so the target wouldn't just be his own tally, it'd be helping Villa get into Europe because, you know, starting in Europe um, kind of two seasons after moving from Brentford. Fantastic achievement. We have to talk about the midfield as a, as a whole a little bit, really, to decide who stays and who goes here. But we'll start with Douglas Luiz first and then we'll go through the rest of them. At the moment, it's starting 11 for the way Villa want to play. I know we go on about wanting a ball winning uh, defensive midfielder, but yeah. they don't have that. They have that in the camber. Um, I'd like kind of an improvement. But if you're talking about the way Villa want to play, the only guy for the job there is Douglas Luiz. And look, he's had a busy summer, hasn't he? <laughs> he's going to be mm-hmm. playing in the Olympics and. Uh, so he's he's going to be cutting well into the start of the new season. He's won't have a preseason with Aston Villa, so it's debatable whether we see the best out of him. Because essentially, what's that now? So yeah, the project restart. Then we pretty much went into another season. He's played mm-hmm. football straight through since project restart. So his best days in project restarts straight through. So he hasn't really had a much of a break, which is a uh, unfortunate. But yeah, he's, he's got to be starting eleven done at the moment. The way the Villa squad's built at the moment, I, and the criticism he's received. On his best days, one of Villa's best players. So, starting eleven for me. We'll go straight into John McGinn then. Just pretty much exactly what you said about Douglas Louise applies to him then. As it stands, as as of right now, he is the starting midfield unless Villa makes some tweaks in there and bring in a new midfielder. Yeah, um, for me. I know again, it's the same same as Louise. He's had his criticism, but again, on his his days, one of Villa's best players. I remember performance against Crystal Palace towards the end of the season Chelsea was a good one both games against Chelsea were good ones the Crystal Palace one kind of died off he was expected to carry Villa quite a lot when uh, Grealish was down obviously um, he's at his best when Villa are strong and when Villa are fit that's not all the time so hopefully he can keep kind of be a bit more independent and uh, a bit better for Aston Villa rumours of a bid like uh, Liverpool and that being interested mm, it's always the same and it oh they're interested they're preparing a bid this and that uh if if Villa were to accept a big fee for him, I I wouldn't be a hundred percent gutted. I'd yeah. be gutted losing the personality and character that he brings to the pitch. But I think Villa can get a good midfielder for the price he he would probably go for. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen. But if it does, it's not as devastating as like a Grealish. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of this depends on formation as well and who we're playing. I've just counted through as you were chatting there, and of that starting eleven tab at the top, we've got ten players, so we're missing one from our starting lineup. Now, do you go four three three with three actual midfielders, McGee and Louise, and somebody else? Whether that's a new player, whether that's Sanson, Nakamba, yeah. Ramsey that we get to talk about, whether that's Grealish playing back in in the centre, or do you play Buendia as a ten and you have two wingers? Do you play? Do you know what I mean? Is it a four-two-three-one or is it a four-three-three? I think that depends on, on on what you're going for at the moment. If it's a four-three-three, McGinn and Lewis both start, and you could probably sign somebody else to go in there. If you're playing a four-two-three-one, do you trust McGinn and, and Lewis to play that that two sitting role together with three more creative players in front of them? I'm not. I'm not so sure. I, I feel like if you're going to play those two as a two, you probably need a third in there to to shore it up a little bit and allow McGinn to to push on a little bit more further forward. Yeah, this gets a bit more interesting when Villa hopefully have a few more options come the yeah. start of the season. Right now, I see that as 
potentially Brendier or Jack in the middle rather than, you know, out wide one of Brendier or Jack who we've picked out wide. Or you could, I feel like Douglas Ruiz could do maybe pushing up a little bit more and maybe John McGinn's that 10 and we have Nakamba or Samson in a yeah. position there. It's quite, there's a few more options there. And I know we've only added Brendier really and Ashley Young, but from the options we have, it seems like those two players give so much more because there's a variety of positions they can play. And Brendier especially because yeah. playing on the wings in the middle, probably where Barkley was playing last season as well at a push. So, you know, I don't think there's an emergency there to constantly buy three more players. I feel like one or two really strong additions opens up a whole new world for Dean Smith, to be fair, because we're at a point now where we're looking at him in the camera and Samson going, oh, actually, as a player who, on his day, could start still for Villa. So yeah. um, we haven't seen the best of Samson as well, of course. And the uh, camera had a few great games last season. So a lot, lot to come from him. Let's try and rattle through a couple of more of these obvious ones. And I've got Trezeguet down here. He's injured his knee probably till the new year. So he just goes into squad player yeah. and unavailable. You don't sell him or loan him out, obviously, if he's injured and doesn't start either. So that's one gotten rid of already. Wesley's probably a similar nature, I'd have thought. He's obviously fit and, and ready, but he's recovering from that long-term injury. Now, I've put him straight up there in squad players. I still think he's got a role to play in, in that 25-man squad or whatever it is in the Premier League behind Watkins starting. And we just have to wait and see what kind of fitness levels he's at in pre-season and, and the start of the season, don't we, really? There'll be some people watching this, though, that will say he's not going to cut it, he's not up to standard, he should be in that bottom-tier cell. Yeah, in the fan poll we did, it was actually 50-50 split direct really? to wow. keep and sell. Um, we, we were on the verge of probably seeing the best of Wesley against Burnley, ironically, and he had quite a traumatic injury that he hasn't fully recovered from. Think when he saw it come back into the team, he was essentially playing in midfield just to get a touch to the ball. If you, you heard Dean Smith roaring at him just to get forward, um, but he's in the same situation as Keenan Davis by default. He's a squad player because there's no other striker. If yeah, Villa don't have Ollie Watkins because of injury, touch with that doesn't happen or suspension. They have to play one of Keenan Davis or Wesley, and if one of those players, one of them has to, also has to be on the bench, so. You know, it just comes a lot down to how Louis Barry will kick on as well and Brad Young, of course. But, you know, we have to go with the, how the squad is built right now. Wesley and Keaton Davis for now are squad players. I wouldn't be seeking to move them on without a replacement. Do you think if that is the three that we go with for the season, are you happy with those three? Or should we, should we be looking to upgrade on those? Yeah, in my mind, look, you can be a bit conservative and say, look, Villa need a really strong striker. Potentially true. Um, but in my mind, Ollie Watkins starts 38 games or we get into into a position to start as many games as possible. And if there's an alternative striker that brings stars to Villa, they probably match. They're more closer to what Davis and Wesley can bring on on their best day. So I'm not rushing out. You know, I mean to buy one. I'm looking at sure probably a younger signing or um, someone who's probably a bit more underrated. Um, kind of, you might look at a similar thing to Ashley Young, someone who's got a bit more experience but isn't really been looked at by a. Uh, a bigger club, so yeah, we'll see. All right, so that's Wesley done. We've got Troy Ray, Jed Steer, Morgan Sanson, Jacob Ramsey, and Nakamba to go. We'll do Jed Steer next again, straight into squad player, isn't it? He's the backup goalkeeper to, yeah. to Emmy Martinez. Uh, Kalinich now has, has gone out, he was one in that fan poll that we did, and I assume almost the vast majority of people would have said to sell him, and he's gone now. Um, backup goalkeeper, do you think we need one? No, no. Um, I mean, Stia was a we, we've had pretty all right third choices for quite a while. And I, you know, Stia 
many people wanted to start in the Premier League with him when we first came up and the kind of signing of Tom Heaton may have come as a surprise because of how well Steer adapted in that crucial, crucial championship run. But from what I've seen of the, the young players, um, Sinisalo was starting last season, I think, for Dundee or Dundee United. I know I'm going to get one of them mixed up. I always get one of them. And, uh, of course, very near rivals. <laughs> and there's Akasanodi, who played in the uh, FA Cup. Um, yeah, I was going to say the FA Youth Cup. It was the FA Cup match against um, Liverpool. He played a senior appearance, of course, and done himself either. So I don't see a rush to buy a third-choice keeper, my owl. Nah. We'll go try Roy next. There were so many spells. I was just, oh, just so one-footed. I don't don't quite know what he's what he's bringing. Whether he's good enough. And then other times I think, oh yeah, he's a definite starter for me. Um, as it stands, I think he probably goes up into that starting eleven bracket for me. Yeah, just, yeah, just um, as of as of today, with no other signings, if we had to pick a team, I think I'd play him on the right, Jack on the left, and Brendia at ten. I think that's what I'll go for. Yeah, we said a lot about kind of the Cameron Sanson and adjusting the formation and. Douglas Louise moving up or whatever. I think the most likely thing is it's a a free kind of behind or alongside Watkins of Buendia, yeah. Traore and Grealish in almost any order. So yeah, I, I think he's start out of the players we have starting eleven. Sadly over Al Ghazi, but there, you know, Traore, I think is he was dynamite against Chelsea on the last day. Mm. I think he went quite under the radar as well, just despite how many goals and assists he brought to the team, which is uh a bit odd, but yeah, he was kind of critical at points last season, and yeah, he went off the ball quite a bit. But sometimes there can be no more exciting player than him when he wants to be. So, we'll go through these three as a trio. Then you've got Nakamba, Ramsey, and Sanson all vying for one spot. Essentially, if you're playing three midfield and you've, you're missing Ross Barkley from last year, so one of those comes in and takes his spot. We've seen more of Ramsey and Nakamba than Sanson, but that's just because of injury, but Sanson coming in for 15 million is your, your best player to, to put air quotes around it, you'd, you'd suggest. Villa aren't going to sell any of these three, I wouldn't have thought. There might be a loan for Ramsey, perhaps, but I'm tempted to just stick them all in squad player because I think they can all do a job for us. Yeah, there's different types of midfielder in there, isn't there? Sans, you know, Nakamba, of course, is the root of that midfield and Samson's probably the more so John McGinn replacement in, in the midfield with a bit more of a defensive outlook and Ramsey would probably be then your, your number 10. But I think all three are interchangeable to some extent. Of course, Nakamba's not going to be playing 10. But if you were stuck and John McGinn was out and there was no Samson, you maybe or even though Douglas Louise were in such a desperate position he could play slightly higher up you know there's no there's no absolute shame there but they're all kind of interchangeable to some degree and uh, all fill, fulfill different roles in that midfield um, so yeah I think there's you know you've got almost your Douglas Louise sub your John McGinn sub and your Jack Grealish sub there like all in one or you're, ne- you're never going to take Grealish off are you to be honest but you, you've went there so probably um, we all saw what happened when he was taken off last season. <laughs> he weren't happy, well, was he at all? But in theory, you've got your three midfield replacements there. You've got the head of the midfield, so your Grealish, Buendia, whomever's playing at the top, McGinn. You've got your box-to-box replacement in um, Sanson, or even Ramsey, you know, he can play that role as well. Nakamba to some extent, as I said, and then your Douglas Lloris replacement in either Sanson or Nakamba, depending on the game. So all three fit the bill for squad player for me. We actually saw Ramsey get quite quite a few minutes in the Premier League last, last season. Yeah. Do you think that there's any benefit to him having a, a full season somewhere else? Potentially, but he's at a he's at a level now where he has graduated into the in and around the first team. You know, Dean Smith and the coaches have to really like him. There has been a rock him on the pitch, and it's look, he wasn't tearing up trees last year. He's probably a six out of ten. 
of a someone who you know last played at Doncaster, broke through, beat in the league one, looked really well to come straight into the Levitian. Uh, it's really, really positive. You know, he, he was starting a few games last season, which is really, really nice to see. See if he can grow this season. Maybe the loan is something we look at in um, January or even next season. But he's really progressed quite well. And, uh, you know, if he's performing averagely in the Premier League at a young age, hopefully he can kick on and, and be someone who's changing games. He just needs a bit more confidence. But yeah, he's in there He's in there thinking, which is nice. I think if Villa sign a new proper holding midfielder and that allows Louise or McGinn to push further forward... I think that relegates Ramsey to being the last choice, I think, because then you've got Nakambu yeah. as your straight swap for your holding midfielder, Sanson's your straight swap for Louise or McGinn, or even Louise or McGinn might drop down to the bench if it, if they're only playing a two. So I think that gives Ramsey such a few minutes that you then a, a championship loan would be beneficial to him. But like you said, if you keep him around and you get a, a big injury to Sanson or, or Nakambu again, hit Ramsey's your first choice sub then, isn't he, for midfield? So... I won't be, it's one of those, if he's in and around the first team squad, that's going to be good for his development. If he goes and plays 45 games in the championship, that's going to be good development for him as well. So it's, it's a win-win for me with, with Rams, I think. Yeah, there's not really a situation where he can lose. Like, as the for the academy group, he's obviously the, the top of the pecking order. So if some, someone goes out of midfield, probably won't be Chukwameka that they're looking at immediately. It'll be Ramsey who comes in and then Chukwameka moves yeah. up that slot. Um, but look, that's that's Chukwameka's place to earn as well. There's competition there. So it's really nice to see how kind of much competition Villa have in that, that department because, like you said, either way, if you buy that new midfielder, there's more competition. Ramsey or Chukwameka go out on loan then and they impress elsewhere and then you can reassess yeah. again at the end of the season. If Villa are in a situation where someone comes in for a midfielder then, there's a natural kind of graduation. Let's have a look at this list one more time and now we've got it down in full. Martinez in goal, Cash right back, Concert and Mings, you centre-back partnership with Matt Target at left-back, the same back five as last season. Douglas Louise and John McGinn as your two midfielders. Bertrand Traor on the right midfield, Emmy Buendia at number 10, Jack Grealish on the left and Ali Watkins up front. I tell you what, it's a good start at 11 now, isn't it? There's only one addition in there, but they've all had a solid year in the Premier League and Jack Grealish, obviously, we're, we're at this point, we're, st- we're still saying that he's staying another season with Villa. Watkins has had a full season and scored goals. Buendia is coming in as your, kind of your main signing so far. That first 11 looks really good to me at the moment. I think you could argue that Louise or McGinn could potentially be dropped for, for a new midfielder. Or Bertrand Traore gets dropped for your new midfielder. You play three in the centre and Buendia is your, your right-sided player. It's not bad at all, is it? I mean, we'd probably look for some areas of the pitch to be freshened up with one or two more signings. But as a starting platform, the way this kind of unit has grown, should have faith in them to continue continue on that path. And if it doesn't, obviously, it'd be really, really disappointing. But one or two more signings, had a few more competition maybe up front on the wing in the middle. Wherever the, those signings are placed, I think it's a really positive, could be a really positive season for Aston Villa again. Hopefully, we have those signs of growth that can uh, lead us into Europe. We've got 27 players there in the squad as it stands, with only three going out on loan or being sold. Is there only there that you think we need to change before we wrap this up, or are you happy with how we've uh, assessed that squad? I think right now, that's how the land would probably lie. Um, you could even see a few more move into sales. We don't know what will happen to, you know, Al Ghazi, Gilbert. Um, yeah. Nakamba, for example, I'm sure they'll be kept around. But if an offer comes in, Wesley, if an offer comes in, you don't know what Villa are thinking. Barry Kessler again could be high time for loans, um, even Ramsey, depending on what happens. But right now, I think that's the most likely thing. Chuck Mecca getting senior minutes, Philadelphia Bidace getting senior minutes, um, Kessler and Barry 
probably stay another season with the academy. Kessler's pathway to the first team seems to exist already. Davis could be sticking around, depending on what happens to Stryker. Um, same with Courtney Hawes, unless you buy another centre-back. He's sticking around. Trezeguet injured. But yeah, I, mm. I think we're fine with that. Um, I mean, again, you could see more people moving to learn and sell, but right now, can't see it changing much. Agreed. And the main thing is, as long as anyone in that blue tab at the top, starting 11, doesn't leave, we're in we're in good shape, aren't we? Yeah, it'll be a... I mean, I said, if McGinn leaves, hypothetically, if McGinn were to leave, wouldn't be as big as a blow of a clear, losing Grealish, but it's still a blow because it's such a close-knit unit. Same with, like, you know, yeah. Tyra, Tyra Mings and Matty Cash. There's characters in this squad that help the whole, you know, the, the whole be better than the individual. So anyone leaving would be a blow in in relative order and of course key that jack stays as well well there's our little analysis of the uh, the villa squad depth as it stands on july 14th 2021 uh if things change things change but hopefully if they do it's for the better not for the worse thank you very much for watching this episode of the current blue podcast we'll be back again uh, next week at some point i would assume we've got an uh, interview with ray houghton coming out tomorrow on thursday which is uh, ash priest did that with about 45 minutes with him but some really good stories in there i'll actually put the trailer in for it here as well you know when the fans are enjoying that like, there's nothing better when you the fans are appreciating what you're doing and they're enjoying the football and they want to come to the games you know and they can't wait for the next one that's the sign of a successful side you know? i've no. played in every game up to the final and then he changed his mind and changed the team. I was fuming, I must admit. I mean, I'm not going to stick there and lie. I think I played in seven semi-finals in ten years uh, for four different clubs. I didn't like losing. I didn't want to be associated with losers. You know, to me, come second, you've come nowhere. You need to win it. You know, I wanted winners around. I want people who had that attitude. You know, show me someone who likes losing, and I'll show you your loser. He was unbelievable. I mean, how good could he have been if he could have, if he could have trained? Gerard would say, right, we've already walked through the corners and the free kicks because <laughs> Big Paul couldn't run. And then he'd go out on the Saturday and man of the match, Paul McGrath. You know, so um, he was a phenomenon, uh, a one-off. I speak how I find, you know, Prime is a, a club legend, you know, for everything that he's done. But it was the first time where, as I said to you, we big run before, Ron was a winner and he spoke like a winner. Mm. Um, Brian didn't come across that way to me. He was more encouraging for me to go. You know, I think he was more into, yeah, he might be best all round if you go. Um, and, you know, you, you get that feeling and you don't want, I don't want to be at a club where I'm not wanted. You know, that, that's for sure. But yeah, thank you very much for watching this episode. Hopefully I've been able to edit together pretty smoothly since it's taken us about four hours to record this over different periods. James, thanks so much for all your help. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.